everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 531, I believe it is this time. Yes, I believe so. Can't think of a, a, a of a nomenclature that uh, 531, a famous model of anything, it's not like a 303 or an 808. Maybe there's be something from Roland or some other manufacturer in the future which will make this episode a classic by association. But hopefully it'll be an episode that's a classic anyway. This is the podcast that's to do with music technology, uh, the, the kind of st- infrastructure around making music, recording music, performing music, software, synthesizers, uh, all that kind of stuff. Trade shows, anything you want to talk about or anything we need to talk about if there's no news on the actual week. I think there's a little bit of news this week, so we should be okay. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to Isotope for providing the prize. Uh, you can win a copy of Neutron 2, which is an excellent mixed processing software, uh, set of plugins, all sorts of uh, useful doodads and knickknacks for just getting the most out of either individual tracks or on the on the two bus however you want to run it so um let's get on to our guests uh we were oh actually should just say hello to the chatties in the chat room they're the people on the uh, uh youtube chat room obviously if you want to join us you can uh, subscribe to the channel and you'll get a notification every time we go live and then you can get onto the chat room there which is the youtube chat room oh we've also got a little irc chat room uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live is where you can find all of that so without further ado let's get on to uh, introducing our guests. Uh, let's start with Mr. Rich Hilton, who's there in Connecticut, um, mostly on the road with uh, Nile Rogers and Sheik, who seem to be playing a lot of banging gigs recently. You seem to have been kind of, you know, what did you do Coachella? And everybody's just gone, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Well, we did Coachella. And if people said that, that would be very, very nice. Um, we did Coachella two weekends and it was wonderful and uh, felt great and was a, just a beautiful gig and that came at the end of about a month of touring uh through australia and new zealand and other areas of california wow and now I'm not home. not not very geographically connected those new australia new zealand and other areas of california so yeah but, well yeah. california <laughs> other areas besides coachella um, oh, yeah, yeah sure oh, okay got you uh not not tying new zealand to california obviously but um it was uh you know what Coming from New Zealand back to California wasn't as hard as going from going from New York to Australia, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, what's that? It's a 20, it. 20, 18, 20 hour flight from New York, is it? Uh, to New Zealand? To it's New Zealand. most of six to get to California, and then it's, I believe, another 15 oh. after a short layover. So oh, ultimately, man. it ends up being 24 hours. And if you add in the about 15 16 whatever it is time change uh 14 now i think it's 14 right now but if you add in the time change it and you end up giving away a day basically that you get back when you sort of come back in terms when of you need to go to sleep <laughs> wow well and that's another story as to how people deal with that but um so I any, good oh good i'm glad to hear that i know it can be pretty exhausting that kind of travel i haven't done any anything that long i mean nam is you know half that effectively but it's nothing like you know i did do australia once and it really just did me in i remember uh i've probably told the story many times so i won't tell it again but just coming back and being completely out of it and just not really know and, and when i went there really out of it for a couple of days so which i was going to ask actually before we move on um your life setup, have you ha- had anything new to it recently? I mean, obviously, stuff's coming out all the time. I mean, I know, you know, when you're going out and you need to hire backline and stuff, you just, consistency is key. But sometimes, you know, one upgrades and changes things. Anything anything rocking your world new in the in the live scenario for you at the moment? For me, no. no. I wish I could tell you some exciting story about a new piece of gear that we've integrated that 
makes our world completely different. But uh, I'm actually quite happy with uh, the rig I use for the purpose it's for. And given the constraints, uh, given the size of our crew and such, it doesn't make really any sense for me to work any other way. And uh, the consistency is key. And I actually give up some things for the consistency and the reliability of yeah. those instruments that I use. Um, and I, I actually love the way those keyboards feel. So um, that's the Roland that's RD, RD something or other, isn't it? They're, yeah, the Roland weighted action hammer throw type keyboards and in varying incarnations starting from the RD 700 line and moving through the RD 800 line and now the RD 2000 line. And the keyboards themselves, the actual actions on the keyboards are really agreeable to me. And that's yeah, really like, a large part of what's driving my using them along with the reliability. And uh, the sounds are great. You know, they're fine and everything. And uh, I can get these sounds. The strings are actually tricky for Chic, But other than that, the sounds are pretty easy to get. Yeah, and I can imagine. Because the hardware is because we rent gear everywhere and we don't have a specific crew for keyboards. So... Unless I want to be the keyboard crew, um, I would need to make it easy at that end for the moment. Yeah, Should that makes that makes total to sense. Makes total Should there sense. come to be a crew, I would rethink it around the rig that I use here, which is sort of laptop-based and which would allow me to use a much wider variety of samples as the basis. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Jamie, um, Liddell. Hello, welcome again. Ah. This uh, Jamie Liddell, of course, uh, premium uh, premium vocalist, looper, and producer, oh, songwriter, yes. based in Thanks. Nashville. In his, uh, uh, I would say, laboratory, but Long it's actually land. library. Have you? Uh, there, there's some more stuff on that. That there's definitely some more stuff on one of those shelves. Those black boxes. Oh, you've been you filling just it up. Looking at those shelves, you know, there's actually uh, quite. Hang on, I'll get out of the way of this. You see, right behind oh, this shoulder here. You oh see yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that's like a b&k old filter massive thing oh wow. is it that is it the the uh is it like that b&k danish green. Aren't they? Oh, yeah okay. oh that thing is crazy pure music concrete madness and you know what i have got oh one thing i've been doing recently which was good i did a vocal for rosie Lowe using this the hell it's that ah uh, yes uh thirty dollars the uh, is a oh, is it like for a cassette? Is it for a cassette? Mic a one of the old cassette microphones. Real to real microphone. Yeah, yeah. Feeding straight into this. Oh, wow. The Boss Play <laughs> Bus. Going straight into the um, Culture Vulture and then into the Publison Infernal Machine. <laughs> Check that vocal uh, chain out. That and, is, uh, no, that is a wow, unique one. Is badass. And uh, then uh, I can say ass. <laughs> that's my English attempt to be American. Yeah, that's badass. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yes. also, uh, I got an amazing bit of gear through the post, which I thought was broken. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Vimeo auctions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Forest. Yeah. So anyway, I, like a fool, I started bidding on on the uh, Marshall Electronics Time Modulator 5002A. Catching I remember number. you saying that. And, and you got and it. And I won it, yeah, and it arrived. And I tried to plug it in, and it just didn't work. And I was like, oh, great. There uh -oh. I go. I spent so much money on the thing. Anyway, got to the bottom of it, and uh, it, it works. So last night, um, the wife was looking at me confused, like, what is he doing? And I was modulating time. You were modulating time. time and space. I'm only modulating time. Don't worry. Everything's fine. So, yeah, I can. I, if anyone <laughs> is after a box that is truly odd 
and amazing and you can find one of those things and you don't pay too much money for it then yeah it's it's staggering that box is bloody marvelous is that was Hendrik. Hen, no, we, did we have this conversation last week? Because Marshall Time Modulator was Ashes. Ah, uh, okay. That's the, David Bowie. The boom, boom, boom. That's that. Ah. Also, Darth Vader's voice, and Stevie used it in a few things. Songs of Key of Life. I think it might be that crazy ADT vocal effect that Stevie uses sometimes. I really hope it is. I'm sure it is actually. <laughs> and uh, and so you've got yeah, you've got Darth Vader, David Bowie, Stevie Wonder. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty nice little list. A bargain it? at any and price. Now, I'm going to be using, I'm going to make like samples. It's going to be amazing for samples. Anyway, I'm in a good mood. Excellent. Uh, I'm really pleased to hear that. Kind of low that sounds stuff. brilliant. Brilliant. Look, I've got, the, I've got the Infernal Machine, the Prime Time, and the Time Modulator all to my right. I mean, it's, that's it. I mean, those, those are the greatest. They're Prince probably. machines, aren't they? The Prime Time and They're Infernal the Machine. The greatest, Incredible. okay. Gaz, what have you got? Come on then, it's show and tell time. I mean, you've got a fresh beard, we can see that. Gaz Williams, of course, professional bass player, musician, uh, producer, and all those other things. And, uh, sparrow lover. Sparrow lover, yeah. Lover of birds. <laughs> oh. Feathered kind. Um, <laughs> lover of all birds. Um, the uh, I, I've had it a while. It's a Vermona retroverb. Oh yeah, um, which is like a spring reverb with a uh, with a, a visible LFO and a filter. Is a spring just no. hanging out? That would be good. No, that not on this one. Cool. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. But you can. Um, there is a crash button, so you can trigger the spring ah, by just pressing nice. the crash button. Uh, is there yeah, a little really hand cool. inside but, that just hits it? <laughs> I'd like to think there is an elf, uh, a spring elf, but um, sparrow. <laughs> <in there. laughs> yeah, I'll get them sparrows doing everything for me. Um, but. The um, what's quite cool is that I've um, the LFO can be triggered by a trigger input. So I've got a trigger input coming from the BeatStep Pro into it, and uh, so I'm taking the DRM out and just uh, running it, running the DRM drum through the uh, through the retroverb, and then programming drum patterns, but programming patterns. So I've got uh, I think drum voice eight, a gate coming out of the oh, that, that uh, will... of the BeatStep deal with the fire reverb in. itself oh interesting yeah what does the lfo so you do? Can do uh so you can have filter. the lfo either affect the uh the vca so you can kind of do like kind of tremolo That's effects nice. or the filter yeah Dude, so it, it's just really cool it... sorry Wait, sorry guys yeah. it's a bit of a time delay. yeah yeah uh, i was just saying like it, it, uh, for a similar effect for those of you who don't have that capability but do have a spring you, I highly recommend you just using LFOs in Ableton and putting your um, your spring on an effects loop and then just feeding the wet dry to the LFO mount and then you've kind of got that effect. Interesting. As well. Interesting. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. The, the the effects, the Max for Live kind of modulation possibilities in, in Live 10 are just mm. are tip top. They've they've corrected mm-hmm. a lot of those things. Sorry, guys. I just suddenly thought, no. man, yeah, no, that's good. a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's one of them things as well. I'm just programming very very simple beats in, putting a little bit of the uh, the the probability that you can put in on the um, on the the BeatStep Pro, which is really frustrating. Though I have to say that 
the Beatstep Pro, it would be so much better if the probability could be applied to individual drum voices. Because like once it starts, because it's really cool having all that probability coming in, just a single sort of just 16 step loop going round and round and round, building Do, in the probability. Doesn't it, haven't they just uh, released a firmware update that does something? Did I not see that as one of the bullet points, like literally it, last week? Oh, I, there is a firmware update. I, ooh, unless I missed that. My, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to check that ooh, out. Check that perhaps out. The, perhaps the chat well, room can do a bit of research while we do a show. The, we need a digitac. The work, the way, the workaround for it that I do though is that you can use the um, one of the other. I have one of the other sequences going out the same MIDI channel, and I maybe sort of do the kick drum pattern or something in the other sequencer. Um, so, because it's when a kick drum starts jumping around because of the probability, it can really throw the groove off. Yeah, um, yeah, you need <laughs> a like steady. You don't say. <laughs> groove graveyard. <laughs> groove, gra groove graveyard. Yeah. I'm right, making notes of all of these things. Oh, that's a good one. Groove graveyard. Groove graveyard. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't pick mm. on that? Um, but I think it just just to finish off that what's been nice with the retroverb be it it's sort of just kind of making the retroverb like kind of part of the Beatstep Pro part of the v DRM. It, 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 you know, it feels yeah. very organically linked and it just uh, modular. Uh, nice. It is really, yeah. yeah. Um, I well, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to I'm going to jump in with some stuff that I've got here. Uh, first of all, I've got this, which is uh, at Music Messer we discovered um. that we didn't have enough light. So this is now check this out. This is. This is a awesome wow. little, tiny little light that will sit on top of the camera. I don't think it's even at full brightness, so I think I can turn it up. There we go. Look. Wow. Ooh, that's pretty amazing. I like that. So that <laughs> arrived today. Uh, hold on. Can I turn it down? Because I'm now I'm not going to be able to see anything and no interface to be able to actually run the show anymore because I've blinded myself with it. Uh, and also, I don't know if you can see back there, there's a really <laughs> massive curved monitor that uh, Samsung got in touch Ooh. with us and said, we're releasing a new curved monitor. Would you like to be the first to review it? I can't tell you what it is or any other specifications, but all other than it is absolutely massive. And uh, it I'm looks gonna be looking curved. At... It, it looks is curved. well curved. It's uh, like not just a tiny bit of curve. Yeah, it is very curved. It's very odd. It's like about... This big, it's absolutely oh, enormous, which is great. Apart like, from the fact it, it gets in way of the speakers, monitor. it gets in way of the speakers. Obviously, that's the problem in Nearfield. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with that. I like to see your review. Yeah, I'll be. No, no. I'll just be like this, kind of behind it, you know, just kind of. So anyway, let's. Uh, yeah, let, but uh, so there's a mind. So uh, hey, how about uh, how about this then? A bit of uh, Moog subharmonican action. Ooh. Let's uh, let's check this out as a topic. This is uh, uh, obviously. This is one of the things that if you if you join uh, if you're a, a registered engineer pass at Moogfest, uh, this which is running later this year, uh, fifteen hundred bucks, you get to build one of these as well and take one of these away for it. And it's this is called a subharmonicon, which is based on now. Uh, what do I what do I remember? A tritonium and essentially two oscillators that have got divide down, so you can add multiple uh, tuned divisions to it. Which I quite like the idea of this. Nice riff. It's hard to, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't show you all that much else. There is actually a picture of what it's probably going to look like, which I think is up here. This is on uh, Synth Anatomy. Good uh, friend of ours, Tom Weiss, runs this. We're going to see him in Super Booth next week. Uh, no show next week, I should have um, mentioned. And this is the front panel, so a couple of uh, oscillators with two subs per oscillator, which I believe are tunable. Or I'm not entirely sure. Yes, I think because there's the mixer there. So you've got basically three, a triad per 
per uh, VCO1 frequency, which looks kind of cool. Uh, and that's kind of, as we've seen with the Moogfest in the past, you know, they, they release things where uh, it's first built as a DIY build and then they'll do a kind of limited release and then you'll get that. And I quite like the look of this because it's not just another subtractive synth that is kind of, you know, one of those things that generally is. I know, Rich, you have you bought any uh, analog synthesizers recently? Is this something that you kind of... Uh, you know, something that's just a bit different to what what you would normally access? I mean, are you hankering after this something a bit? This certainly is. Oh, okay. This certainly is different from uh, what normally I, what I own. First of all, the last analog synthesizer I bought is the uh, Micro Brute, which is right over there. Um, Choice, sir. It was, yeah, it's fun. It's a nice, it's great, actually. And a really great voice basis and all that. But, but aside from that, uh, as relates to the smoke product, yes, it's very unique. And people are releasing a bunch of unique products in this sort of mold where you have a, mul a multitude of modularized functions available to you on one panel. And uh, even one of the new Brute products, I think it's their uh, Arturia's new uh, Mini, Brute, Mini Brute series yeah. has something where instead of a keyboard, you have sort of the basis of a sequencer with, with uh, step stepping and such. And it's a really, really cool thing. And then you recently reviewed the, uh, the uh, Behringer uh, product, Neutron. which is yeah. sort of a semi-modular uh, type basis. So this kind of fits into that in my, you know, aged mind uh, generic category <laughs> of bringing together various modular concepts and bringing it into one little house and making it cool. And this thing sort of does make it cool. I, I the only, uh, what no, really kind of guys uh, I have about it is that just when you thought they couldn't cripple the envelope generators any further, they find a way. Um, and I just don't understand why they don't think envelope generators seem to be very important. Oh, yeah, to it's them just decay, isn't it? Modular products. They they've got nothing but decay and a switch for attack on this thing. And on the previous, on the mother series, they're fairly crippled. They're not fully fleshed. ADSR even uh, enveloping. And uh, that's my only question is why do they seem to be so unconcerned, especially with a product like this where, you, first of all, the demo doesn't seem to reflect the name of the product. I expected this thing to create the base of doom. And I never heard it. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, maybe it can. I mean, this was just an engineering sample, I think. Well, so what is it called? Subharmonium? Yeah, I suppose you're right. Harmonica. Sure Subharmonica. <laughs> There wasn't much subharmonics. That's a very good point, Rich. Nothing. Trade descriptions act. This is the second, uh, unrelated to Moog, this is the second video in a row I've watched of a product demo where the demo doesn't demonstrate the product in any meaningful way whatsoever. Um, so theoretically, this is going to be a very cool sounding thing, and I'm sure the low end will be absolutely earth shattering. But the point is, if you're going to have all that low end, and assuming it does what we're all hoping it'll do if it's called subharmonium, you'd want some to some control over the way that occurs in time and, you know, sustain levels and such. And you got nada. <laughs> you got a one decay control and a switch. I can't see whether weird. there's any any envelope to, via the modular, uh, you know, via the patch point that you might be able to do. I'm very, I'm, I should add, very pleased to see the patch points on the right. I would like yes. this to become mm -hmm. a norm because I don't want all that mm -hmm. crap in front Seems of the knobs. So, yeah. Seems I'm, to be I'm, these I'm, days. I'm, yeah, I'll bet yeah. it sounds great and it's fun as hell. So don't get me wrong. I don't mean to overemphasize this envelope generator thing. It's just sort of a gripe I've got with them at the moment. And this thing like took it one step even further. 
one single knob envelope. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair mm-hmm. point. Jamie, you've got uh, a couple of mogs in the background there. You may have more hidden about the place, secreted on the hidden. top shelf of your laboratory stroke library. What do I have? I have two theremins, actually, uh, weirdly. There. Don't move Don't move too fast. Oh, yeah, I see. Uh, and there. Yeah. <laughs> that's really hard to see. <laughs> um, so, and I've got a bunch of those moogle figures. Yeah, I, lo- I love all that. It's um, I've never actually got down with this sort of new era, though, the, the mother, the uh, the mother of a father or whatever it's called, the jumping. Uh, um, uh, but they look ace. I mean, I have played with them in the shops. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, one, one thing that's kind of cool, me and Christian Vogel, going back to my days with, with Christian, uh, we... Uh, we got to share the stage with Oscar Sala once, which was quite a treat. Now, Oscar Sala was the Troutonian master, and uh, the Troutonian is is a crazy instrument. If if anyone hasn't seen the Troutonian in action, there's great footage of it, and that is a true monster of a of a synth. And he was the one. He worked and did scores for the birds and stuff like that with uh, Hitchcock. Oscar Sala was was the man. So, yeah, that was quite impressive to see him. And I've got one of those, Derp, for made a ribbon strip that's kind of yes. a bit of a Trotonian nod. I've got one of those, and that's that's lurking in the corner. Do you find, do you <laughs> so find, it, do you find you're reaching for it off very often, as with the, 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 the uh, theremins? Are, you, are, they, are they a part of your everyday, no, I need a theremin light? No, okay. No, no, but one thing, I did plug two theremins in once, and uh, they kind of interact weirdly with one another, which is cool. They sort of don't behave nicely if you plug two in at the same time. Oh, theremin theremin interference. Theremini. What's the plural of theremin? Theremi. (laughs) So I had some theromatic uh, interference. But yeah, I mean... Bring it on. These little small boxes are great. I suppose the, with the modular mindset, envelope generators and such are kind of two a penny in the, in the you know, Euro rack dimension. Or even in software, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind yeah. of pretty straightforward yeah. to do. And as we've and seen... when I'm you know, playing bases, yeah. I just want decay. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. As long as sustain is, is, is obligatory, then, uh, you know, on the mini, just really... I mean, attack, yeah, you want attack. But, yeah, well, you need a little bit much. just to stop it from going... At the beginning, you know, particularly on yeah, some of those. that's true. That yeah. is really annoying. And actually, be. on the Voyager, you could the the envelope on the Voyager. Uh, well, that was always an issue for me with the Voyager. It's just got yeah. a really odd amplitude envelope. But the then the reissue of the Mini, which is that one, uh, that's something. It's sorted out. out. It's crazy. It's I don't know, Gaz. You looking for more little little discreet little interesting boxes? To have you got? Any, I can't imagine you've got any gaps on your little interesting boxes table in the studio anymore. So I'm sure it's a, it's a you're probably color, either going to need a bigger table, a bigger studio, or to rethink your layout. Well, I mean, what I'm interested in with this is it exactly the same form factor then as the mother and the defam? Is it the same? Because uh, it looks like, or it looks a bit too looks smaller, or is it the same size? Defam no, drummer from another mother. No, I would say that's narrower than the uh, defam. Yeah. That seems a bit of a shame. I was just thinking about that, how, you know, how they Moog seem to be making like a kind of more upmarket kind of Volca range, you know, the way that they kind of work together and the DFAM and the mother are really, really good together, aren't yeah. they? And as you say, with the patch panel on the right hand sides, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, so I was assuming that this would be really cool if it, you know, so that you can imagine the three of them stacked together would be, you know, pretty awesome 
kind of little ah uh, yeah combo. well just like um, that uh, like that the, the, there was a rack wasn't there in fact in the review they sent me three and yeah. the rack and it was really oh, that's right. lo- with lovely when you had yeah. them it looks like a kind yeah. of a little modular system mm. for a kind of uh, smaller person yeah but you're right yeah and speaking of which actually i noticed i think it was at nam they announced it but um ultimate support the people who make the the kind of keyboard stands they've got a neat little uh sort of stacking system for sort of desktop units um for things like this i suppose i'm just gonna have a look for that Uh, and there's this little there's little kind of slideable edges that can kind of uh like lock the 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 thing into place um i'm pretty sure it's ultimate support um you know because obviously this sort of desktop format something which i favor you know i'm this is something I talk about uh, quite a bit, um, not getting drawn into Eurorack and sort of preferring these more standalone modules that you can then kind of connect up. It's definitely the way I like to go about things. So, you know, and then you kind of find the problem of trying to make them all sit nice together. Um, well, it's a shocking site, uh, the ultimate support site. I'm trying to find... Is yeah, it? So. I think it was them. I, I mean, I... Um, what do you do for all of your, like, balancing stuff, guys? Like, because you've got so many small machines. How do you sort of get them, like, ergonomically to sit? That's quite a big deal, really. Um, Just pop, whop them on the table. <laughs> yeah. You've got they, some good angles. Uh, well, I mean, these things are brilliant. And Ikea is your friend. Yes. Here we go. Oh, you got it. I did it. £1.50 each. And they're just about the yeah. right size. So things like Erebus and different yeah. things Perfect. like that. So cool. And they do a bigger one as well. Uh, like that's sort of met, I mean, these are meant for tablets, I suppose. And then they do a bigger one, which is meant for uh, kind of laptops, but is really good for, you know, the bigger units that you might want to have on desktop. Uh, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I've got a, Oh, I don't think you can see behind me, but the uh, not quite. No, that, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and also that we've covered them before. There's these. I don't think they do them anymore, but they were like shoe racks again from IKEA. I've yeah. got an IKEA quite close, to, quite close to me. So really <laughs> shoddy stuff all on the cheap really that's yeah. that's me chipboard base well actually yeah. i did i did see an interesting uh, documentary sure. about the about ikea um and where they mm. were talking to the suppliers and the suppliers of this sort of pressed stuff it has it has to pass these kind of ridiculous uh moisture tests you know where they have to be practically submerged in water for 24 hours before they start to fluff up so you know it's not quite as oh yeah here we go there's a bit of a closer look there there it is thanks guys yeah it's useful and this that, stuff that, that bottom piece of wood, it's quite a cool. If you've got a an IKEA nearby, they they there's like a piece, there's like a little area in the in the car park where they just where they chuck, <laughs> chuck out stuff all the, um, <laughs> they well, it's with all the wood, all like wood bits. You can go and help yourself to it. Okay, no, I've got I, I've got his you cut your gas got wood. Gaz cut his beard hanging out in the <laughs> IKEA car that. park. There are so there are so many titles. So far, the titles are standing are uh, it, it's cable it's cable not ear hair spring elf improbable improbability groove graveyard theremin interference and gas got wood. They're all stellar. And we're only halfway through the show. I tell you what, um, we should probably uh, has everybody contributed to this topic because I should probably. Uh, um, it, do our little uh, isotope spot if that's uh, if that works for everybody. Get, uh, Rich, I've come to you, didn't I? You were you were first. Yes, I think regarding the synthesizer, yes. Ah, Absolutely. what about the standing? 
Have you got that? Have you got any oh, nifty yeah. tips for stands? Do you make your own? Are you that kind of guy, or do you find the uh, the just the right thing? I don't really make my own usually uh, in the, in this case, but I don't have. I've gotten down to the point where there aren't a lot of doodads laying around that I keep hooked up all the time. Um, so yeah. it's not that complicated. In fact, I just sort of disconnected the micro brute. I didn't go far. Okay, just right there. But uh took it off the desk for a minute because I needed the desk for other things. Um, no, I tend to work out of mostly standard configurations unless there's a budget that somebody else is yeah, yeah. needing. It's um, like, yeah, I know but, but, and even then, it's generally been uh, lately for me in studio design, these some form of Argosy style desk. There are other companies that make them and they're all about equal. They're all sort of Ikea-ish ultimately when you get right down to it. Um, but they work. And over here I have something I have deep problems with which is a quick lock x stand which i sort of hate um because i really prefer z stands and these days on stage fortunately i get z stands which is great ah. so um to that extent um yeah i'm driven ergonomically a lot in terms of how the stage keyboards present themselves to me in position and my hand position related to them um, yeah no that makes a lot of sense that reminds me actually this process because it, it, it that as touring musicians they get to do this, you know, you're about to go on a big tour, you're in production rehearsals. Part of the process, if you've got a decent budget tour, is the guy will come in and design you a special kind of case for your pedals and all of your stuff. And then it gets, it arrives and the crew get to know how to put it all together. And then it sort of snaps shut. And so you've got this thing that's your setup for this particular application. And that's something, I don't know how often that happens anymore. I always remember uh, Charlie uh, Jones, the bass player with Golf Rap, would always get really excited at that point. Or he'd come in and go, I've had this made, look at this. Everybody would go, Wow, it's kind of like ultimate luggage and technology combined in the same beautiful oh. kind of in the paradigm. It's a, yeah, so we miss that. Charlie is the epitome of cool, though. He is the oh, yeah. I, um, when I was touring when I was touring with David Rhodes um, and and Jed Lynch um, from Peter Gabriel's band, and we were talking about going through like customs and just saying like, oh. You know, I have this fantasy about being this international rock star and sort of just swanning into the airport and just like kind of, you know, every, but the reality is I'm huffing and puffing and taking my belt off and, you know, and just going, <laughs> God, it's, it's impossible to get through all of this kind of stuff with any dignity or, or with any sense of cool. And David kind of looks at Jed and goes, unless you're Charlie Jones. Charlie yeah. Jones manages to even be Charlie stylish Jones, getting through kind of. Can, yeah. Charlie Jones can get through airport customs with his style intact, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, Charlie's and he's got, he's, and it, not only that, he, dri he drives a Harley, you know, he's got a Harley and he, yeah, he's, and he's a really nice <laughs> bloke and a brilliant bass player and he plays a perspective And his bass. solo album, his solo album is immense, immense. If you like kind of talk, talk and sort of kind of okay. Tom Waits, all sorts of stuff. It's immense. It's brilliant. It's really, oh, really look, I've got it here. I could play a bit. What is it? Big hair. Is this Big one? Hair. Oh, that's a track off it. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, quite jazzy. Yeah, he produced... It's uh, really deep textured. Oh, yeah, no. I, well, we should, I should check that out. CharlieJones.net. In fact, he and mm. a friend of mine produced uh, one of the Susie Sue albums oh. uh, together. And uh, I remember really vividly because they they said, oh, that uh, they were... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. And, and, and I got invited to a gig and I went to a gig and uh, I saw... Susie and the band play, and I was talking to Steve Jones because he had to play all of the guitar. Not Steve, uh, 
oh, I can't remember his name now. Gosh. Steve Evans, really great guy, one of the most underappreciated kind of musicians, producers I know. And uh, Richard Evans. Be- no, Steve Evans. Before oh, the Steve gig, Evans, before the gig, he was just saying, "This is so far from my comfort zone. You have no idea." Because he's not he's he's not a great guitarist, and he had to play all these sort of classic lines with really weird tunings and stuff. And I met, I I went backstage afterwards, and I met Susie, and uh, she was fully Susied up, you know, the whole thing, and. Uh, she was incredible. I mean, she was over 60 and she was doing the full kind of Susie show. And uh, I went back and it's the only time it's ever happened to me. And they said, oh, hi, this is, Su- uh, this is Susie. This is a, a friend of ours, Nick. And I just went, uh, buh, buh. I just could not, I could not string any words together. I was completely starstruck. Anyway, um, well, I was going to do an ad, wasn't I? Better do that. Isotope, of course, here we have it. Uh, Isotope Neutron 2 uh, It's basically a whole bunch of s- suite of... Uh, functions and plugins and features that help you to get the most out of your mix. Uh, we've got tonal balance control plugin, which is uh, available in the advanced version, uh, visual mixer, analog style soft saturation. Uh, we've got track assistant, which allows you to, which basically helps you to kind of get to the, the sound that you're trying to get to uh, with a lot of AI and kind of uh, learning modes, vintage and modern modes for compressors and EQs, uh, mix tap plugin, which you can route. This is again in the advanced mode, uh, a new gate with analog style hysteresis, uh, equaliser, uh, soft saturation mode, I think I mentioned that, dynamic EQ, which is programmable, which is a very useful thing, compression, lots of different kinds of compression, multiband mode, learn function, exciter with emphasis modes, transient shape, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this uh, um, isotope neutron, it's well worth checking out. If you go to neutron, uh, isotope.com forward slash neutron, you get the 10 day demo that comes with a lot of their products and it's well worth looking at. There's also a ton of tutorial stuff on how to get the most out of it because this is deep post production and music production tools. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much for them to, for sponsoring the show. And of course, uh, we ran a competition last week. Uh, you could win a copy of Neutron 2. And the winner we have uh, is, now if I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Eriko Allegro, whose actually uh, name is Eriko Ishii Conrad, and she's from Japan, and uh, she posted All Hail the Lovely Isotope Fairy, because as we know, the Isotope Fairy used to exist in in actual true form before she moved on in her job position. Um, we now have <laughs> another Isotope Fairy, so Isotope Fairy Mark II, who will be able to bestow you... Uh, at Erico underscore Allegro uh, with your copy of Neutron 2. Congratulations and thank you very much for entering the competition. And we've also got another competition this week and we're looking for the hashtag Track Assistant and the hashtag Neutron 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Track Assistant is one word and Neutron 2 is Neutron with two on the end. So the hashtag Track Assistant, the hashtag Neutron via Twitter to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Just send that out there on Twitter and we'll pick it all up next week and count up the... the uh, the entries and then do a random number generation and that's how we win we get winners on this show thank you very much to isotope for sponsoring uh the show with the competition prize very much appreciated golly um right we've one topic in right I, i'm going to ask that i'm going to ask the, uh, the <laughs> you lot <laughs> what would you like to do next I, well we should actually we should do the uh, uh the, the the um the susan the susan mm-hmm. Susan, oh God, hold on a minute. Susan Rogers. Rogers. Susan Rogers, Rogers, that's right. Susan Rogers. Uh, (laughs) We'll do that. We'll do that one. (laughs) Yes, of course. There's the same Rogers. No D, though. I don't think the Susan Rogers. This was uh, on uh, basically, uh, where can I find it? There it is. Uh, This was via uh, Loop. 
Ableton Loop, Susan Rogers came in. She used to, uh, um, she worked for Prince for four years. Also done a whole load of really interesting stuff. I'll play a little bit of this. And there's, there's a quote in here that I just really Both digged. Reach the same point, but as very different can, types of... If I do that, it'll start playing. And that taught me another important lesson that uh, people are not buying sounds. People are buying music. They're not buying what I do as an engineer. Uh, what I do is is I'm, I'm hitching the wagon of technology to the star of this guy's ideas. So the technology is merely facilitating his thinking. Now that can work when the thinking is genius. When the thinking is average, then the sounds have to be extraordinary. And this has been true in the history of music. When new music comes along, whether it's EDM or when punk came along in the 70s, punk sounded like shit. But it was great because the ideas were new. The Ramones didn't spend a lot of time. Right, I, I, that you, it's an, about an hour long interview and it's absolutely brilliant. And, and um, she, the whole thing is full of these kind of pearls of wisdom that, uh, that she has because she's also now, she's a kind of, uh, she teaches, I think it's the science or the, the, the physics of understanding or listening to music and the sort of neuroscience of it. And really, really interesting uh, individual. And, you know, there's a lot of that in there. And uh, Jamie, I'll come to you first because you actually interviewed her for your uh, podcast, oh, which yeah. is, I will plug at man, this point, this is the podcast. Thank uh, you. This is Jamie Liddell yeah, Music. Man. This is Hanging Out with Audio Files, mm -hmm. episode 12, Susan Rogers, which I just listened to before the show. Very interesting. So, you know, you've had first hand. I mean, yeah, she's she was... seems like a kind of very unique individual and loads of great print stories and whatnot. And so generous with it all because, you know, of course, I'm a huge Prince fan and uh, I really had to ask her questions, but I was kind of skirting around the subject for a while just because I felt, oh man, how many interviews has she done about Prince? How many times has she had to go through all this? But she's just not the kind of person to kind of be curmudgeonly in any in any way. She's sort of a mad she manages to just be really present and just and you'll see it in the talk if you watch the loop thing as well. That's that was the experience I had on my show. And if you listen to the to the podcast, she's just super generous. And yeah, she really does know her stuff. I mean, the Prince stuff. I, I have started making a claim on the interweb that Susan Rogers was Prince's producer. But even though he said he never had one, I mean, look at the facts. She was with him day in, day out for four years. She did all the live stuff. She did the movies. She did all the studio stuff, including Sheila E, including The Time, including all of the auxiliary projects that Prince did. She worked at the rehearsal studio at Sunset Sound. She worked at his house. She was with him literally every day for four years, making Parade, um, Purple Rain, Sign of the Times, and Around the World in a Day. Uh, unquestionably, Prince's um best work and then when she left after four years of her tour of duty as she calls it um prince went on to do love sexy batman you know dimes and pearls i don't need to explain yeah well no I, I think that's an opinion that you uh, you could certainly argue that i mean i don't know that that would be the case i noticed that rich was uh, was perhaps not agreeing with that point of view but she's an uh, whichever way you look at it rich i mean it's a really interesting individual with some great oh, of course, opinion of course, of course. absolutely fan fantastic. fascinating i i unfortunately didn't have the hour to spend no, to fair watch enough. this thing i had 1 hour to prepare this morning and uh and i got to that and it was like oh man i want to watch this and i haven't seen it and i haven't seen unfortunately jamie's interview either um so I don't know her, 
but I think uh, she seems fantastic. And the things she talks about are things that I think about a lot, uh, the things in the excerpts that I've seen. So it's, it's something I'm going to go back to. Um, no, I just don't know that. Uh, I don't know if she's the producer or not. In a, to that extent, that's the only thing I was kind of wondering about, because uh, as you know, I've spent a lot of years next to a lot of people and uh, quite very, very rarely in that time, am I the producer, no matter how deeply I may be interacting with the artist on behalf of the producer. So, and, and when the artist is the producer, when the artist is the artist and the producer, then it's even, it's one more level of, of uh, complexity in that relationship. But, but um, no doubt she's an incredibly interesting and talented and wonderful person. And I can't wait to get back to this interview and find out just how talented, wonderful, and interesting she is. <laughs> well, she is. I mean, really, really interesting stuff. I mean, a lot of the things that she says in there, you know, I, I, I wish I'd written down all the kind because I was listening. I thought, that's a great one. That's really interesting. The thing that, you know, she has some very strong ideas about how music is perceived and why it's, why, you know, the psychology, the psychology of of why music is, uh, works, you know, why does pop music or one pop record or one artist do better than another? She's got some interesting ideas. She doesn't profess to know, you know, that have the magic formula, but she's just full of really interesting observations about that. I know, Gaz, did you get a chance to see any of this? Um, she's a no, really, no. she is a, yeah, the same, probably similar. It's an hour, isn't it? It's mm. a long time, and I only sent the topics ah. out last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's, I mean, you know, also interesting for it to be a female as well, just in that there's not a lot of female producers, sadly, uh, that, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a cool that's thing. That's right, so it could producer, be... guys. That's the word. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm only winding up about this Prince, her being Prince producer, but I just... Mm-hmm. I, I, I I think that it's, it's no coincidence, is all I'm saying. Well, it's collaboratively, she yeah. She is a soft producer. I understand what you're yeah. saying, Rich, but I just Facilitator. Think he, she well, was literally by his side. We're talking like 20 hour mm-hmm. days. If you listen to her talk about the way she worked with Prince, he would wake up mm-hmm. and say, You ready? The tr- way I asked Susan about this, because I was like, Think about Prince's life. He made Purple Rain, he did a world tour, he made a feature movie, and then did the same thing again in 1986. Then he made a double album in 87. You know, or the, the productivity, the sheer output of the men in that time is. is unfathomable you know and she said what would happen was they would do say in the purple rain times they would go into the rehearsal space he'd come up with an idea for a song say let's go crazy he'd run it with a band and and then they'll be like okay guys i think we've got the bed tracks him and susan would just stay up put the vocals down any overdubs mix it and it would be done they would never look back we're talking about each track was written recorded and performed and everything in a day yeah, well, I think I mean a lot of it. Uh, no, but a lot of it seemed to be almost just sort of hanging on to the hanging on for dear life. You know, she said many times uh, yeah. in this, you know, that 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 the recording process was m- less than ideal in many situations. It's just a question of like oh, whatever yeah. whatever came out was you know ten out of ten, and it wasn't a question of it was just make sure you've got it, totally. even if it wasn't the best. And I guess Rich, you must find that as well sometimes that you get a situation where that you've just got to get it you know it's like okay it's not set up perfect but something great's happening here we've just got to have it you know there must must be occasions always. when that happens yeah always seed mm. to the music always seed to the music and the creative moment or as the best advice i ever got as an engineer uh it's put simply was go out there listen to listen to them play move your ear around find the music put a mic there 
in this case, if you don't have time to move your ear around, go out there and take your best guess and put a mic there. But um, in, in the case you're describing, but yeah, I've actually worked next door to Prince for a period of months and uh, stood outside and listened to them work and all that and talked to the people who are working on the session about it and have some actual direct experience with what that workflow is like. And uh, it's nuts. What they did was nuts. The, the, the studio's lounge was a campsite of engineers and security guys. And when I say campsite, I mean every single square inch of floor space was covered with somebody's sleeping bag. Wow. Because okay. he would call a session for 11 o'clock in the morning. At 7 that night, he would call and say, I'll be there in two hours. He'd show up at midnight. He'd work for three hours, say, I'll be right back, leave, be gone for about eight hours, come back, ready to work. He'd work 24 hours straight. So those people basically lived on the floor of the studio lounge for a period of however long it took to make this record. It was called the gold experience ultimately when it came out. And uh, at the same time, he was having his most beautiful girl in the world competition, which I don't quite know <laughs> how you do that, but he did it. And every single day, this parade of some of the most stunningly dressed female people you've ever seen in your entire life would be marching into the studio on a steady basis to interview for whatever this position was that is the most beautiful girl in the world that he had in mind. So there was that. And uh, he walked out once when I was standing out there and he, uh, he uh, looked, took one look at me who he didn't know, looked around for security people and was like, what the hell am I doing out here? He was clearly uncomfortable with the fact that anybody was in the hallway that he wasn't uh, familiar with personally. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's lots of insight in that. It, it was well worth checking out the loop uh, piece because she talks about his, right. you know, you know, he's very shy and just that, those are the sort of choices he made. And it, but it's really interesting to hear somebody talk not just about Prince, but so articulately about the creative process and about the perception of music. And I just thought, you know, it, it, it's it's a if you're involved in any, I think almost in any creative. Uh, process it's well worth a, a, an hour of your time if you've got got it to spare absolutely brilliant also i, I want to just add that uh he played with us at the superdome he came out with chic and performed with us uh for one song mm -hmm. for part of nice song. so um we have that interaction as well and he's been to our show he's been to a few of our shows in various places um and cool. we miss him it's very I sad i think it's two years now yeah. or something and we miss him and Crazy. it's very sad it is, yeah. It's a very sad because I mean, somebody with that, yeah. Anyway, it. I, I, my one of my great regrets, I never got to see him live, and I really, I've told the story before. The closest I ever got to him was when I was uh, involved in pop music. We went to Paris, and we were being driven around to various interviews and stuff. The driver Guillaume uh, uh, was Prince's driver before us, you know. So massive demotion for him. So you know, the two complete, complete idiots sitting in the back of a car. You know, but he told us loads of stories, and it was just, yeah, that's about as close as I've got to. I don't know if I've said it was the same car. Probably not. I expect he got. The I got limo. to meet him once. I got to meet him with Quincy, Quincy Jones, uh, um, the Montreux Jazz Festival, just before I was about to go on stage, and uh, unfortunately, it was not a great experience. I was having a Susie Sue moment of my own. <laughs> doing various involuntary motions with my mouth and body uh, <laughs> because, yeah. And then that just led, and then Prince at the same time wouldn't make any eye contact with me. 
and it was a bloody awkward interchange and he slightly dissed my outfit and then I had to go on stage um, crushed by my idol. But, um, you know, I, I, subsequently looking back at that experience, I think it's the way it should have been. Uh, <laughs> because imagine if you'd just been normal and be like, all right, mate, yeah, have a good show tonight. Like your music. Yeah, off you go. <laughs> you know, I just would obviously mm. wouldn't be sort of slightly English. Uh, but uh, just, you know, I think <laughs> oh, but that will be weird. It would be slightly Cockney, yeah, yeah. He's like, what am I? Yeah, I mean, Stevie does that, though, doesn't he? You've seen Stevie do the carpool karaoke, that is a must watch. If you haven't seen that, that's bloody ace. No, I haven't. He starts to do all his English accent, he's having a laugh with you know, James Corden or whatever. He's, that is bloody awesome, but yeah. Princes, princes, yeah, you're absolutely right, Rich. We miss him. What we lost, a, we lost mm. a real unique monster musician my friend justin stanley had the experience of working with prince and uh worked on the whole record with him and then got called same thing oh yeah prince is going to come and do vocals like okay cool you know and uh and then he arrived next day to work and then said oh no prince isn't coming he he was up late working he goes oh he did that vocal he goes no 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 he did he did all the vocals all 13 songs (laughs) including the backing vocals last night (laughs) he just stayed in the studio and did 13 lead vocals and all the backing vocals in one night I mean, what? that's the kind of madman that he was. So, yeah, it puts us all to shame, doesn't it? There's a bit like that mm. in the Susan Rogers thing in the loop. It's like, you know, you work with Prince and you get spoiled and then you're in with a band who's spending a day doing a guitar solo and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. They got a manage your, man, what did you say? Man, manage your disappointment. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. yeah, it's the... the um, okay, right. Well, I'm glad we covered that one because she is... Uh, it's a, and it's well worth watching. So I'm thinking, it really uh, uh, what's one. next? What's next? I'm just trying to look for... Anybody have another topic that they want to grab out of this? That uh, Let's... Oh, well, I suppose we should... Uh, where is it? I've got it somewhere here. Uh, no. Oh yeah, the ambiverb. Did you see that? I think I can't download a video for that. Oh, that, looks Let me... good. that looks great. This is the uh, ambiverb so HD noisemakers ambiverb HD, which is an ambisonic reverb. Which this demo is just Sounds. showing raindrops, Maybe. and they're putting it in various halls. And I'm There's listening on headphones. The lady's singing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if I can. Find... It kind of goes around, it spins around your head, kind of. Comes close. She's like in your ear for a minute, and then she goes off. Oh wow, that is weird. Good demo too. Beautiful song. Oh my! Isn't that amazing? That's yeah, so I, I I didn't listen to that on headphones the first time round, and actually now that that was it was kind of. It felt like that was happening, and obviously I'm only listening into two channels, so it's the the the, the wet and the dry part of it plays a lot in the. But yeah, this is the ambisonic. Uh, um, oh gosh, it's called cool. uh, Ambiverb HD, thirty ambisonic room impulses, uh, large and small churches. It's at ninety nine euros, I believe. Thirty sonic, uh, dry wet controlled, decay, all sorts Bargain. of. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. I know. Mm. I, I know. Uh, Mark Tinley's a big fan of kind of surround and ambisonic stuff, and I guess it gets used a lot in uh, film production and sort of spot effects and things where you have to get much more spatially kind of clued up on that. Uh, do you, Gaz? Do you find it? Um, uh, do you think it's got any use in music production as well for that kind of? Or is there not room for that amount of information in today's mixes? Well, ambisonics now with like virtual reality, ambisonics is a is a 
is becoming the standard now, isn't it, for um, for uh, oh, like game uh, stuff and the, the process. Yeah, and mm. well, the whole gamut of virtual reality. So, which is really cool. Now, um, Underworld did a concert at Glastonbury quite a long time in an ambisonics rig. Um, I didn't see it sadly, but I mean, I heard Carl told me all about it, and that sounded really fun. I think there are eight speakers there, and um, you know, uh, but I mean, this it's definitely worth listening to the demo with headphones on. It really is. It really is awesome. an amazing. Yeah, it does sound really good. So, does it have any use for music? Of course, definitely. I mean, it certainly sounds really good with like with that singing, for instance, is a great example. Um, just really giving a. A, a, a peculiar immersion into the sound um mm, yeah no i just i, I did yeah. notice that for the first time mm. <laughs> like yeah that. so however i mean it, it, there is this thing isn't there about kind of how listening habits are um well so many people listen on mono rigs don't they now in be, be it sort of things like the amazon echo or the apple yeah phone well that's or, true you know, ha, is it is it compatible yeah Mm, yeah, currently yeah. no way of doing stereo with a home pod i mean when airplay 2 comes out that will improve matters there a little bit but at the same time what i'm saying is though i mean when we're talking about music i mean yes listening what's, with headphones uh, what's the flipping a lot of point people yeah just tripping <laughs> out on the, to... on the underground going bloody hell <laughs> you just be like you know yeah. it's a lot of people listening on headphones loads loads oh, yeah, well, I mean, there, is. there absolutely is this is, this is but great, i mean you I was... know? and and plus i think in mono it'd still be like uh, you know, a good like altiverb kind of thing. I, I I plumped for altiverb recently, you know, and it's like still loads of money. And I sort of like at the back of my mind going, oh, I could just use Max for live convolution reverb. Will I care? And ultimately, I think I probably would have been happy just to have done that. So this seems like a good <laughs> price, and like it gives you more really? in a way than something like altiverb yeah. in some ways. Yeah, well, that but altiverb has got a lot more uh, stuff. I know, Rich. Uh, convolution reverbs. I mean, a convolution reverbs and b ambisonic kind okay. of approach to reverbs. Is there sort of uh, a, a place for that in what you do generally? Sure, absolutely. Um, however, right now I'm not as involved in convolution reverbs as I was some years ago at the appearance of Altiverb, perhaps. Um, they're wonderful and they sound great. And I like Altiverb a lot. And this thing actually sounded really good in the demo. And the price point is amazing and kind of consistent with the post uh, Waves garage sale sort of new pricing scheme that everybody's having to adhere to in order to compete, which is basically dropping your prices like 80%. Um, from whatever you thought you were getting before, which is sort of what's happened to everybody. So for a hundred, whatever it is, euros, pounds, dollars, this thing is a lot of reverb. Um, mm. I didn't hear it in headphones. Ah, so okay. the thing about the voice going behind my head didn't translate as well for me, interestingly, as it has in the past when I use something like Mondo Mod, <laughs> which is a Waves product. Um, but... I would listen to it on headphones and, and reconfirm. Yeah, no, uh, well worth checking out. What I, what I thought was kind of interesting as well was the 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 very close stuff at the beginning where the, the raindrops and then you got this kind of incredibly um, uh, realistic, very tight, small room stuff. And it's, that's the, mm. often, you know, I mean, I'm more of the guy who would sort of 
just put loads of reverb on everything that lasts for ages to cover it, smudge all of the sort of nonsense that I'll noodle into, rather than these very specific spaces with specific spaces. I can see that being really useful for maybe a small beat combo, you know, that you hadn't tracked together in the same room and you wanted to kind of create the sense of a space in that they recorded in. I think that could work really nicely. Did you guys ever catch, you watch uh, mixing, Mix with the Masters ever, that series? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not sure if I have. It's really I've worth it. watching. Yeah, it's great. They, they've got all kinds of, you know, of, of the best. Like Chad Blake is, is a great one to watch his whole process and he'll run you through basically, you know, his digital setup, which is you can learn an awful lot from just to, to see. Because I, I think he's oh, one yeah. of the masters of the in-the-box process, really, isn't he? He kind of really did kind of manage to get great sound purely in the box. I think probably before anyone else. Chad Blake. And, um, yeah, and 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 you know, I was just thinking one of the interesting ones was um, was, was Adele running through the making of Rolling in the Deep with with Paul Epworth, who's another guest on my show, uh, Blatant Plugs. Uh, but uh, and and uh, I love working with Paul. And one of the things he did on that record was to use the Neumann head, which was used an awful lot as well in the making of you know Perfume Genius and a lot of stuff with Sean Everett, another guest, Blake Mills, another guest, um, who have have used this head in a sense, to give, like what you're talking about, Nick, when they were doing Rolling in the Deep, they used the head to sort of give, um, to, they kept the head in the same place, perhaps a bit like Bruce Swedeen when he was working with with Michael. He did some kind of thing a bit like this. You keep one mic in the same spot and position the instruments around the mic. And so when you, like, basically, if you're going to multi-track all the instruments separately, you can kind of preserve a sense of, actual relative space in the room if you keep the ambient mic in this case the binaural head has a lot more information than just putting up a stereo pair for example well not more information but different kind of information so that's a really nice sort of way a bit like you were talking about sort of tying in disparate elements in a way using mm. something like a sort of spatial ambient glue that's an interesting mm. idea. it really works really well in the example when you watch the the making of rolling in the deep it's particularly impressive just how much that neumann head is doing it really really does make it come together it's it's genius actually mm, interesting. it's sort of like wow. a, a massive learning experience for me to see and i i've bought these lavalier mics i'm using a sanken lavalier mic for this and i bought them for my podcast and i hate them i really don't like the sound of lav mics but um, someone told me recently, if you clip two lav mics onto either side of your glasses, then you've got like a binaural recording setup. Yeah, well, so are they I'm Omni? Gonna, are they Omnis? The the Sankens? They are Omni. Yeah. They do sound. The Sankens are really good quality mics. They're definitely. Yeah. There were a couple of things. In fact, I'm sure we saw three uh, DIO. They were the, they, they make yeah. ears. They're like these. <laughs> we saw them at NAMM, didn't yeah. we? Was it with you, yeah. Gaz? I don't yeah, know. I did the feature on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're really interesting. How are they? I don't know. I haven't worn them, but they just look really funky. Rich, have you have you used binaural heads? Because there there are I don't know if there are a lot of them around, but they they look like crash test dummies, don't they? With a couple, of, but they've got yeah, microphones in the ears. Have you have, <laughs> yeah. you have you had the opportunity to use them in the past? I've had the, have I had the opportunity to use them? Yes, absolutely. Have I actually used them for anything that I was doing? No, but I've come close. Um, I've listened to them for certain things yeah. uh, and I could see using them and it in, it's interested me since forever that I first saw a picture yeah. of one and it looked like I think it was even before yeah. we knew what a crash test dummy looked like when I first saw one of these things because <laughs> Neumann, Sennheiser, a bunch of people especially the German school uh, were making these things a long time ago Sheps, and yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah Sheps there you go um, 
And uh, uh, so, yes, I've had the opportunity. Have I actually used it as part of my recording process? Not really. But I know Tinley, for example, will walk around the world with like, you know, microphones taped to his ears just because, you know, because he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, people and do. And a great use and, of it, yeah. Yeah, actually, you can get um, Benora, you could get earbuds that have yeah, got microphones here. in them as well that work in the same way. Yeah, Rich, you sounded like you were mm. about to finish that point. Sorry. No, I no, I'm good. Sorry, I beg good. Thank okay. you. Um, have a you got some example of the Venora head? You leave it in the room, right? This is a classic use of it. If you're doing, and it happens a lot in modern studio techniques, like you've got one singer doing all the BVs, but then you do the thing of like, oh, when you move off the mic a little bit off axis and we'll get you a bit further off in the room, that's fine. It gives you something. But with the Venora head, you kind of literally move around the head and then you push those oh. tracks up and something really much more impressive happens. You get like a, a much more you know, of it, uh, immersive, uh, you know, picture of all those backing vocals stacked. And it, it, it's quite a beautiful thing. It's another thing I saw Paul Epworth do, and it was pretty incredible what it did. So those binaural heads, are, are, I think people sleep on that technology, and it's it, it's awesome in the studio, especially when you're working trying to multi-track layered <laughs> instruments, you know. Here we go. Mm. Do you want to pick one and up? so expensive. 7,000 so yeah. euros for this Neumann KU-100. Yeah, Two-stage switchable, naughty. switchable naughty. TV. Used- I, I kind of want it to maybe have a bit more feature. You know, I like, I like a, maybe well, a kind of. <laughs> a oh, look, there features. we go. So oh, you can good. close up, close up ear close ups. Yeah. Oh wow. We, we used one on a choir recording years ago, and it gave me this idea of what I wanted to get one, and I just thought it'd be brilliant to do it as a really, really super realistic severed human head with like maybe a cabbage inside it and you set up a big sort of spear in front of the choir <laughs> and then just bring it in in a bucket just to make them feel at home and just grab it by the hair and just chuck it on a spear and it goes into the cabbage so it makes a really horrible blood curdling sound like that and sort of uh and then you know and explain and then the choir has to sing whilst looking, you know, maybe I thought we'll have some fake blood dripping down out of it as well. That's what I've always wanted. Okay. And it's an interesting production. Would, would, this be, would this be a children's choir or perhaps more over 18 type of Probably pretty good. I think it'd be good if you were recording the children's oh choir for a horror film and you wanted just to get a little bit of, like, you know, tremulous quality in the vocals. Or know? just so screaming children. Pro- yeah. yeah, yeah. There you is, could do you know, another thing where you just have the head on a pendulum and you swing it around, you know. That'd be a beautiful, that'd be yeah. There was a point at which there was a discussion about the making of a Rush album in which they were going to put uh, microphones on Neil Peart's ears and hang a PZM microphone around his neck and record mm-hmm. that as he progressed through his mm-hmm. drumming on a kit. Now, how you do that, I don't know. But uh, there were, I do remember seeing a discussion of that at one time. I wonder if uh, whether a, a, a head would work well for drum kits. I suppose, particularly if I mean, if it's where the drummer's yeah. head is. I don't, I don't know because it's a very different that's, sound, that isn't it? When classic. you're that, that play did it all the time. Oh really? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. That, and 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 the the ep- he's at all the time on drums. That's like a big part of kit, catching the whole sound of the kit. Is it, it like you were talking about earlier, Rich? You put your ear in the place. <laughs> you yeah. know, hear the sound. Yeah. I mean, this is a literal way to put the ear in place. I wonder. No, no, no. Okay, here's a concept for you. So you can buy, you get the new Neumann head or you know other brand, yeah. uh, but you buy the ears of I don't know Bob Clearmountain 
or the uh, the ears of uh, of Jamie Liddell or you know Gaz Williams and that they in the same way that you can get your in your in ear monitors molded you could get your outer ear model modeled and then placed on the side of the head to give you the sound that Rich would hear or whatever that is so cool. I wonder if that's yeah, possible I love, I love elephant ears yeah did I, did I ever humans. tell you my did I ever tell you my idea for a uh, a little stocking filler like called um top end t- little thing that you wear and it just pushes your ears forward a little bit that's all it does <laughs> and they're called top enders <laughs> i love it man it's like amazing the top end you get but it's just simply it just is. bringing it's your ears crazy, forward just a little thing around the back with just two little though. soft pads thing. on them oh that's a good idea Susan Rogers will be in here because it's amazing like, well, that suddenly my top end expands by significant <laughs> amounts little I mean, you know, you need them sort of like a little bit, just a little bit. Just have, yeah, what little ones that can kind of, I could do with ones going the other way, actually. (laughs) Go the other way. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good because then then I'd have sort of, I don't know, I I, I don't think I could get used to the way my profile looked, but just maybe a couple of mils. Mm. Motorized sort of, it's like boob tape for ears. I I can't get over, when when I'm doing a mix, I can't get over what a difference it makes. Literally just, just tiny amount, just pulling my ears forward a little bit. The top end completely changes. So mm, if we're we really go. dedicated, what we could do is chop our ear off completely. Oh, oh boy. And then just get the replacement latex ones you're talking about. So you could just Oh, of other people's pa- ears. A pair, a pair of Bob Clear mountains, <laughs> then check it with a pair of do you know what I mean? Just oh, that's, that's the ultimate dedication them, yeah. to engineering. I want to well, take you can, my engineering to the next You can have like in. you could have these kind of like headphones that are like you know, you're wearing headphones, two of you are wearing headphones that are just have the ears part of it on there and they just kind of clamp on and you get yeah, interesting idea. I think we come up with a product there. We're not Can't something. <laughs> well, Rich, you ready? Van Gogh, the Van Gogh. There is the like... psychoacoustic aspect <laughs> where your brain becomes accustomed to what your ears are presenting and comp- and provides all the compensation you need to hear something properly in stereo until the ears are really damaged badly. But I suppose if you pain. changed if you changed your ears, then you would hear the mix in a new end. You'd retrain your brain to hear it in a different way. So you, it's it's like switching monitors. Not tomorrow morning, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think you we might be onto something. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> if we can make if we can make an Ableton Live rack instrument, <laughs> so it doesn't involve actually any dip software development or any hardware development that did this, then yeah, maybe maybe I can get. Uh, we could get something built to, to join our other instruments there. Anyway, that we've, it's been a lot of fun. Can I just jump in quickly? There's a couple of music technology news pieces I think we should mention. <laughs> oh, the, what, Dreadbox Erebus, <laughs> the Dreadbox Erebus kit. Oh, yeah, I've got it. There it is, the little Erebus yeah. kit, Ooh. 158 yeah. to 200 euros. I, you can have the... It's cheaper than uh, Move, isn't it? It's a beautiful synth. I, I'm, I'm absolutely in, so deeply in love with mine. Oh, would you make sweet. one, would you, would you be up for building one? N- I'm, no. <laughs> I would, if I could. God, look at that with a Tenorion as well. I do like the Erebus, what yes. It's glorious. Oh, it's glorious. Ah, oh, no, it looks so... like... Hold on, let's have a look. What is it? Ah, right, really so it is very, very component-y. Before oh, like and They didn't show the actual, didn't show the <laughs> yeah. actual construction if it, uh, bit. If it's just that it's bit. Like, yeah. Yeah, great. It's like in the you, back. Yeah, excellent. Vesta, Vesta Dreadbox. 
Oh, there, there's too many titles here. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stick with one of them. Uh, folks, it's been great. Yeah, was there another story you wanted to get oh, in there? Yeah, Digitact yeah, 1.08 update oh, for the oh, Digitact, Electron Digitact. Oh, it's got a compressor in it. It's oh, got a compressor, it? like a master bus compressor. Interesting. Um, and I'm wondering how similar that will be to the compressor in the Analog Rhythm Mark II, although I think that's a 1.08. Hey, guys, mm. 1.08. You need a Digitech. Then you can get I, all that crazy randomness you want. I love yeah. it. I've bar- I borrowed the one from Sonic, uh, and I, I loved it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's I, good, I do no? want one. It's great. Mm, really uh, now, and now you can back up the samples. It actually makes it something yes, you, you could use as a professional, which is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> right. Um, mm. and, uh, next week, Thanks, no guys. show. Next That's week, so no, next week, no, no show. Uh, no show because uh, we are at Super Booth. So we'll have a whole. Uh, there's a, a ton of stuff coming from Super Booth. There will be a lot of releases and a lot of stuff. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. You can find that. Just come onto the site and it'll be trailed everywhere. We do a live blog. We mm. do all of that normal stuff. So subscribe to the YouTube thing. And, uh, Gaz, you're going to be there as well, right? Um, if all things go to plan, yes, that's my plan. Yeah, so, you will yeah. enjoy uh, that. Uh, can I just say one thing quickly? But so Someone's mentioned something in the, about the Erebus, saying that, like, 800 bucks could build a, eight, a four-voice Erebus because they do that thing where you... Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting mm, that's idea. Awesome idea. Mm. Try, yeah, it wouldn't be a lot of fun tuning those oscillators, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair dues. Right, probably should stop now because it's uh, getting to that point in the day when it's the end. Jamie Liddell, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and th- I t- thoroughly recommend that you head over to uh, jamieliddellmusic.com and check out the uh, uh, podcast, which is Hanging with Audio Files, and especially the Susan Rogers, but there's so many other great ones there as well, as as he Thanks, mentioned, man. you know, really Appreciate do check it. that out. So uh, please do. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Mr. Rich Hilton, thank you very much for joining us, uh, for coming back from across the globe to back to what I feel is a, one of one of your many homes, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. So thank you for joining us as well, Rich. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, where are you off next? Um, next, I believe, is going to be a private show in the States. And then in June, a couple of shows in the States, including the Bonnaroo Festival. And then from June, July, and August, it's going to be all over the UK, Ireland, and Europe. So, Excellent. Uh, well, I hope we can meet up this time. That would be really yeah, good. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm probably somewhere within ball-throwing distance of your town because I'm playing, it seems, everywhere. In, Excellent. Uh, are you I'll playing Bristol, to aren't you? you man. Are you playing Bristol? Yeah, we're play- uh, we are playing in Bristol. Oh, yes. definitely. Do you know what that's August, called? I think. <clears throat> Do you know what it's Pardon? called, that? Is it Love's... Do you know what, the, what the that Bristol, Bristol one? one is called? Yeah. Is it the, the festival? One. Is it the, um, the Love Festival or something? Oh, Bri- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I may be mistaken about Bristol. I, I was confusing my English cities and I thought Brighton. Because I think ah, Steve yeah. lives in Brighton, doesn't he, or near Brighton? He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have any specific information about being close to Bristol. I am, however, going to ah. be close to Charlbury, where our good friend uh, is close to Ty. Ah, well, that's pretty close to us as well. Mm. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I realize. So uh, there's that, and I, I don't know where some of these things are. I don't know where Lytham is, and. I'm going to be in Henley, which is apparently near Dave. Yeah, very near Dave. North yeah, very near Dave, yeah. And, uh, 
All right, brilliant. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hook that up. But, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Thank Absolute you. pleasure I to have it. you, as ever. And also, Mr. Gaz Williams, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us as well. Uh, you'll be hopefully seeing... Mm-hmm. You might we might, we might see him in front of a camera at Superbooth. Uh, if he's playing a gig, yeah. we'll probably film him talking about his setup and uh, doing crazy stuff on stage. No doubt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for this and... week. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go. No, I was just going to say, I might... I just had some possibly brilliant news today about a new job, which I'm like, oh, so hopefully I'll be able to disclose what that is soon if that, if Excellent. that comes off, which I'm all right, which cool. involves MIDI base as well. Mm. Excellent. Well, best say no more in case you know, don't want to. Anyway, yeah. thank you very much, everybody. Uh, that was uh, Sonic Talk episode uh, 531. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody in the uh, the chat rooms, uh, the YouTube chat room, <laughs> so and the other chat room, and yeah. uh, also to Isotope for the competition. Don't forget, if you want to join the competition, what you need to do. Uh, uh, look for the hashtag track assistant and the hashtag neutron2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. to win a charge. But that's it for this time. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Bye. Yes.